0: And welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon.
1: I'm Jordan Graham.
0: And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. I just want to let anyone who's listening know that... After the cold open, or like right in the middle of it, when the vampires descended, Jordan let out this, like, <gasps> like this amazed and excited gasp. And it was like the best thing ever. We're all <laughs> very,
2: very into vampires yes, here. Yes, I was and so happy. yeah I heard Jordan whisper, Do we have vampires? And then when it's finally confirmed, I look over and see, Yes! And like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. <man."
0: laughs>
2: Very exciting. I was very excited
0: for this episode as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I thought we could talk about what our favorite vampires are, our favorite vampire lore across other media.
1: Mm. So I'll go first. Um, I'm not going to talk about my favorite vampires, because if you want my favorite vampires, obviously I like the tortured, romantic, classic Anne Rice vampires. They're just the (laughs) best.
0: Love how gay.
1: Exactly. But I wanted to talk about true blood vampires, because is true blood a good show past the first season (laughs) now
0: i would say it's good past the first season yeah i mean the third third yes third it's like really when they start getting into like fairy stuff that i start to be like "Mm, i don't know but then like that's when all of the juicy eric stuff starts going on
1: oh absolutely anyway
0: anyway true
1: blood it's like it still has good stuff going on even when it's not good but and the books themselves also great not really But I just love the idea of True Blood about, like, um, vampires coming out into the open. It's such, like, a cool idea.
0: Mm. Yes. And then,
1: like, how they interact with other supernatural creatures Mm -hmm. and, like, their kind of, like, hierarchy. Like, it's very much like an intrigue-based vampire system, which is always my favorite. a lot of politics. A lot of politics. And then also then how, like, they are engrossed into American politics, Mm -hmm. too. Like, of course, we all hate the cops no matter what what species they are but i just remember (laughs) specifically like talking about like do they now need vampire police officers Mm, because like you know it's cool so i really enjoy it what about you
2: my heart goes out to the little vampire
1: the littlest vampire
2: no the little vampire
1: oh okay yes yes
2: it's the movie with the little blonde kid who's in like Stuart little (laughs) he goes to Scotland and there are vampires and there's one that has like black spiky hair and hangs up upside down that's his age oh my god wait I thought this
0: was like an early 2000s late 90s fever dream that's real (laughs) yes
2: Mm -hmm. and then there's I thought I made that up like the troll in Central Park (laughs) (laughs) there's the girl in it who like died a long time ago and it's a love story like a sad love story where they couldn't be together and she has this like jewel like jewel bag and i remember just hyper fixating on that as a kid and wanting to be this dead vampire (laughs) so bad and that movie still 10 out of 10 yeah it
1: it holds up it
2: does it's so cute i'm gonna have to
0: watch that now to Mm -hmm. like prove to myself that it's real and you're not just fucking with me
2: (laughs) i am such a big fan of any early 2000s late 90s weird creepy stuff and that one's creepy and cute and oh just perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. What about you, Jasper? I'm like Jordan. My favorite
0: is always going to be, like, you know, the Victorian gothic style Byronic vampire. And in particular, Lestat was always oh, my yes. favorite. Oh my God. So gay. I remember reading that book and being like, wow, being gay is awesome. And like, there was this scene where he's like hunting wolves i don't know i i have to i haven't reread that in a while but actually what i want to talk about instead is it's a a vampire series by octavia butler which she never finished the first first one is called fledgling i will say i personally have some problems with it because of how it can feel very underage at times Mm. but like the sort of the politics of vampire communities are really interesting It's, like, humans and vampires form, like, a a symbiotic relationship, Mm. wherein, uh, like, the vampires have, like, a venom that keeps the humans like healthy Mm -hmm. and it extends their longevity and they become like bonded through that and it becomes a consistent source of food and also like intimacy essentially like a marriage or whatever and like consent is really important Mm -hmm. there Um, But the premise of it is that there was a family of vampire scientists who were trying to essentially introduce higher melanin into their genetics. So the main character is actually a black girl vampire, Mm. and this is for the purpose of... Eliminating their inability to be out in the daylight, and mm-hmm. I just thought that was that's a great it's just concept. So cool, yeah. yeah. And all the politics are about like the old world vampires from like you know Eastern Europe versus mm-hmm. like these new like scientific like wanting to join human society t- type vampires. It's mm-hmm. it's super interesting. It reminds me a lot of F. Scott Fitzgerald esque like north versus south industry versus agriculture Mm, mm -hmm. kind of thematic content but like updated and taking race and like all of that into account it's just very very cool i
1: actually am glad you brought up that book because there's been a lot of talk online especially right now about like black exclusion especially from stephanie moyer and like the twilight books so yeah that's one if you want to read like a black vampire story you can go with fledgling as a story stories our gilda stories was the other one yes i wanted to talk about
0: the rules the vampire rules for gilda stories are much much more classic Mm -hmm. vampire rules as far as like daylight and blood drinking and stuff like that yeah so also very lesbian (laughs) you like lesbians it's of stories for yes. you, baby. So, yeah,
1: there's some recommendations for anyone <laughs> who's out there wanting to <laughs> delve into that.
0: Ugh, I just love vampires. They're just so good. They're so
1: good. Yeah, actually um one of my earliest vampire memories is being like 3 years old and my dad dressed up as Lestat for Halloween and it was like he was obviously very passionate about this. And he had like that gilded embroidered gold um, vest with like the long blonde curly hair. <laughs> oh my God. And I just remember that, like being like, I want to be that one day. Sadly, incredible. it was a Halloween costume. But one of my earliest memories of my dad, weirdly.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I used to bite my sister until she bled. So maybe that counts. Which sister? The older one.
0: Oh, Nicole. Fuck Nicole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she doesn't listen. She's admitted to not listening. <laughs>
0: yeah, True. Fuck you, Nicole. We're cool. <laughs>
2: People like us, shut <laughs> Some up. Some people. Shh.
0: Today's episode is season one, episode twenty, Dead Man's Blood. The one where the boys finally tell John to shut the fuck up. This episode was written by Katherine Humphreys and John Sheban and directed by Tony Warmby. It originally aired on April twentieth, two thousand six. Four twenty <laughs> 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 <Sorry>. it's okay. <laughs> I was just. <laughs> I think what got me was that you didn't say blaze it right after. You just stopped at 420. So I was like, wait, something's missing.
1: Oof. This was a good opening.
0: This is, mm-hmm. like, I think the best mm-hmm. cold open. Absolutely. In the entire first season. And I think it's because it's so much more invested in the image mm-hmm. and, like, I don't know. I it's hard to say. I like all of them are invested in image obviously. It's a visual medium. But there's something to be said about the way they they show you like his journal so they mm-hmm. and you can't tell at first if it's mm-hmm. John but then it's not and then he's in his truck and it looks like John's truck yeah all this stuff it's just lots of little little
1: sprinkles yeah i was really excited like at first i was like oh what the fuck is john up to and then it ends up not being john but yeah. then that didn't dissuade me from like being interested now i was mm-hmm. like oh who is this and like it wasn't even just mr elkins like in like his kind of From he obviously seemed hyper focused on Something important in the journal but then Also like the bartender's Reaction to him With him being a regular and then her Reaction to the vampires coming In Mm -hmm. it was just well done and As soon as the Vampires walked in and she was wearing That like pleather ass ren Fair
0: oh my god I Fucking okay we're gonna have to Like just talk about their clothes Later but I will say That fucking shirt that fucking shirt.
1: Yeah, like I knew it mm-hmm. from then. I was like, are we getting it? Are we getting it? And then she sat down, asked for a whiskey, and the bartender's like, do you want something to eat? And she's like, we already have dinner plans. And I was like, oh, it's it's going to be my vampires, finally. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, then it
0: was. I love when they crash through the, the yes. skylight. It's so fun. And they're like all synchronized, and they do like the same kind of stupid like little landing pose that yes. they do in like the Twilight movies. Yes, exactly. It's just so it's so fun.
2: I yeah. When it entered, I love that. At first, I thought it was even the boys until they said it's an older man, and then you keep getting misled. One thing though, please someone put these journals online. Get them laminated because these right. things are fucking falling apart. They just adds yes. to the kind of vibe. I also love. Th- it's so terrible but the unibomber bomber joke oh god and him older looks so much like the actor that i was going to be critical of it and i was like oh no they're right yeah i i
0: wonder if that was something that got put in after Mm -hmm. because of the
2: resemblance and i liked how he for like being the crazy old man stereotype um like journaling and obsessive he was very clean and well taken care of. And I thought that was a good. His house was a dump. Even, yeah, how, even before list. they trashed it,
0: it was a dump. Yes, but, but he
2: looked like he had showered. Yes, he did. I'll take that. Unlike- I also put leather and poofy hair. Must be a vampire. <laughs> you yeah. You yes. that?
0: Right. It's just like ex- exactly what you're saying. It's just like
2: clocked yeah immediately Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i also did like the end of that cold cut too like even the emphasis on the gun was like a good way to set up the episode it was fun yeah
2: and i love the anxiety of slowly trying to load the gun like that is so perfectly done it builds this so well i was so impressed
0: yeah, no, it's really good. It, it's like that sequence could be like a little thing by mm. itself.
2: Yes. Yeah, that doesn't often happen.
0: It, in this show?
2: No. Almost
0: <laughs> never. So <laughs> then when we cut to Sam and mm-hmm. Dean, they're neither on the phone mm-hmm. nor are they asleep. Yeah. And they're in daylight and we can mm-hmm. tell it's
2: daylight yeah. and we can see colors. <laughs> I was like, wow. Wow. And they call back to talk about Sarah and say that they could go back and see her again. Yeah. They rarely have carryovers, so... Yeah, with that kind of thing. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you surprised to see that mentioned so soon?
1: Absolutely. I was like, huh. I had to even think for a second, like, who Sarah was, because I was just not expecting them to reference another episode. Like, when I'm going into these shows, right. yeah. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I feel almost like you could reorder these, or sometimes I even feel like these episodes maybe have been reordered. I think we've mm-hmm. talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this time it's like actually showing, like, no, they're paying There's a little some bit continuity of attention. Going
0: yeah. on. What did you think of Sam's reaction? in that moment was it what you expected
1: yeah I I had pretty much expected yeah him to kind of
0: it's sad it is
1: sad Uh, it just it's so hard too because like that's kind of a running theme Mm -hmm. in this show is like we spend a whole episode dealing with some kind of like trauma for Mm -hmm. it to just just come back (laughs) almost immediately which I shouldn't be upset because that's like how the real world can be most of the time But, like, we're not in the real world. We're in a...
0: Yeah. Well, and I think it says a lot that you're invested to the point that you want Sam to,
2: like, grow and move
0: forward.
1: Yeah. Uh, Exactly.
2: We go from that scene to quickly back to the scene at Elkin's house
0: yeah and I this is one of those scenes mm. that I really like. Mm-hmm. I love when they do the investigation of the crime scene yes. Yes. and they really highlight um, their attention to detail mm-hmm. I, because I think sometimes there's a tendency to have them like sort of bumble mm-hmm. and like accidentally find stuff but they feel very like keen and like they know what they're doing mm-hmm
1: yeah I actually wrote down like in that scene that they feel like professionals which I just love when they feel like professionals yeah. to me like I'm watching a show about like paranormal hunters
0: yeah and they've been doing this for a very
2: long uh, time Yeah, it's literally
1: their life has been dedicated to this
2: mm-hmm. yeah and I love how we get the details like the salt in a ring, um, the chaos of the mess, and then Dean immediately knowing to scribble over the mm. wood indents. Yeah. Um, I do think just, it, it doesn't take time to add those details. It was so fast. Mm-hmm. And yes. yet it adds a lot when you see them, like Jordan said, being professionals. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of texture. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah
1: at first I was like, oh, they're gonna put a piece of paper on some random blood, and it just (laughs) happens to be a message he left, but then I, like, thought about it, especially in, like, context of how we figure out how the vampires kill, and then later I'm like, oh, the vampires in this will, like, drain people and, like, leave them to pretty Mm. much die until they Mm. are bled out, so I'm like, he probably did have time to, like, write a message.
0: Another thing I like about that investigation scene is the dynamic between them. Mm -hmm. We've talked about how sometimes it can feel like oh, this is a Dean episode, or this is a Sam episode, where one of them is really doing most of it, while the other is just like, doop to doo I'm in the background. But they're very <laughs> balanced here, yes. and there's a back and forth, and they both have their areas of expertise, mm-hmm. and they're working together really well. Yeah,
1: this was definitely an episode where they utilized their cast.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was a The Boys episode, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, The Boys are a team Mm
0: -hmm. They're a team I kept writing that in my
1: notes (laughs) (laughs) So I think now we can finally get to where John We got the swerve He had the
0: JDM
2: jump scare Jordan like yelled I did But you you said you yelled not at the scare itself.
1: Yeah, I was not expecting. It was the
2: reflection. Yeah, Yeah. it
1: was the reflection. Like, I was expecting John to come at some point in this episode. I actually thought they were going to figure this vampire nonsense out, and then John was going to come in with some, like, bullshit, and that was going to lead into the next episode. Yeah. But, like, I didn't expect John to be, like, part of the journey. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. this whole episode. So I was very surprised. And as much as I hate John. I really liked the narrative that the three of them kind of created. Yeah. This episode. It's interesting yeah. that
0: you're talking about that because I feel like there's so many like character polls on Twitter that I look at and I get really <laughs> in my head about them yes. because like, okay, obviously he's my least favorite character. Like, fuck that guy. But mm-hmm. in terms of like a, a complicated character a well-written character and a character that's vital to the narrative like he's all of those things like none of this would function without him being an absolute piece of garbage (laughs) whereas there are definitely um certain villains like i don't know eve for example (laughs) who i'm just like i can't even remember what she looked like or if she had dialogue
1: yeah, because we think, talk about, like, the mother being burned, and they kind of make that seem like it's a catalyst, but really, John was the catalyst mm. for, yeah. like, this all happening. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, he could have seen that, and, like, as we know know from Nightmare, he could have seen that, and then stayed put, and been an alcoholic at home instead well, of on the road. So,
1: I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but there's literally a line in this when he's, like, guilting Sam about how he had put money aside from college, but then withdrew it all to buy ammo. Like, he I made a conscious sh- oh. decision.
2: Ooh, I hate him. Okay, we'll get back to that yes. later. Well, and it starts in this scene with Sam saying, you come all the way out here for this Elkin guy implying that like you can make this much of a fucking effort for this stranger yeah. or at least stranger to me but then you can't for your own children but it isn't for elkins it's not it's not and he's very
0: transparent mm-hmm. about that he's immediately all about the gun
2: i do think yes. it's so good though showing immediately the tension and i think this does do a good job of showing how there's underlying tension and even the light-hearted moments that doesn't fix everything right yeah
1: Yeah, and um, we do get some lines here, too, that I thought were funny. The Mm -hmm. nice job covering your tracks. (laughs) And in my head, I was like, thanks, Dad. We just learned about gloves.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, good one. That part makes me so uncomfortable, too. Because I feel like because of the way the camera work was, it felt like John was directing that at Sam. Mm -hmm. And then... Dean replies, learned from the best, and then John just doesn't say anything, and then changes the subject.
1: So it felt very much like a loaded compliment. So we've Mm -hmm. all had these compliments before that someone has given us where it's like, oh, I'm surprised you did what you should have done. Good job. I was expecting you to suck at it. Right. That's very much what it felt like.
2: And I thought it was a dig because it was like, good job covering your tracks, as I surprise you in your car sitting here. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, ooh, he's such a
0: mean, petty old man.
1: Well, and we kind of see that, too, when he's like, when he actually, we find out he had a falling out with Falcons. Mm-hmm. Like, this not just the boys that he's unbearable to. Like, he's not a good person.
2: Yeah, he aggravates everybody. Mm. Yeah. I fully believe he is a narcissist. Like, class A typical narcissist. And I do think this episode in particular does a great job of showing that where there's sometimes where he doesn't say things that are offensive or he even says compliments yeah. but everything comes back to him. Yes. Right. And it's all centered around him and rather than even family or <laughs> anything else. Right. Even
0: when he's like, you know, I lost my wife, I yeah. couldn't lose my kids too. Yeah.
2: Yay yes, he's exactly. not like
0: i'm so worried that you'll be hurt or you'll die he's mm-hmm. like
1: how is this gonna affect me
0: i will be so hurt if something happens yes. to you words matter mm-hmm. the way you say
2: things fucking matters Yeah, and he it's funny you say that because that's such a serious moment. And even in the low-key moments, when he's talking about the car, it's not that he's worried the car won't work right. It's I wouldn't have given you the car. I have so many thoughts about that moment too. Mm -hmm. Why don't we talk
0: about the fight right before that? Mm. And like the build to that. Because Sam is pretty on edge from the get-go here and then is with all the questions like how do you know how are you sure
1: yeah we again get the line just follow me okay there's not any explanation it's just the
2: but it's so frustrating because just follow me but you're also supposed to be the one who then cleans up all these messes like yeah they they need to learn I mean, they have learned, is yeah. also but they don't the know thing. about vampires. Oh, oh, yeah. So they need to learn specifically in this I, case. Yeah, I thought you meant just oh, like no, in general. Fine. I was not very specific. Yeah,
0: no, and that scene is so frustrating too because uh, you can see like poor little Dean is just like twitching yeah. there, like, Ugh! and what really bothers me about that is that it's it's framed very like John versus Sam, mm-hmm. and Dean is just like existing Mm -hmm. ambiently. But then once they come to a point where they're not arguing anymore, because Sam has kind of won the fight, Mm -hmm. so to speak, by getting John to relinquish the information about the vampire teeth, not fangs, we are informed. Yes. John then takes it out on dean mm-hmm. immediately by yes. making this snide comment about the fucking car and i just
1: <laughs> yeah especially like the amount of attention dean have mm-hmm. puts into his car is something that has been a, th- a theme in this show and mm-hmm. now we finally see it's like oh it's because he literally gets like abused by his dad if yeah. he doesn't maintain it up to a perfect standard right so like there is a reason behind it hmm. Also, speaking of the vampire fangs, I like that they had piranha fangs. I've never seen that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I was interested in that interpretation of them, too. It was like halfway to the nasty Buffy fangs, you know, but without like all the forehead stuff. The scene with Sam and Dean in the car, I really like too, Mm -hmm. especially because it's Sam who's driving. And I will say, one, I don't know if just like the direction was different or whatever but Jared seems to be doing a much better job of keeping his eyes on the road
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: than
0: than Jensen does when he's the driver and uh, like I think the fact that Sam is driving really speaks to the current Mm -hmm. like power dynamic between the two of them because Dean is very like he makes himself very small when John is around I think
1: totally agree
0: there's that little moment where Sam, he's like going off, he's flipping out and he's like, you're really cool with just falling in line and taking orders and whatever. And Dean like hesitates for a yes. really long time mm-hmm. before being like,
1: that's what it takes.
0: That's what it takes. And the other thing is that Sam says after everything we've been through, mm-hmm. that's <laughs> they're a team. They work yes. together because they're
2: brothers <laughs> yeah this feels
1: like the first episode where they're kind of becoming an us versus him mm-hmm. like when well, yeah. it comes
2: that's funny you say that because as soon as they pull off the road we have that fight and in it visually it's literally sam and the dad and then dean's in the middle and once dean finally steps in he's in front of sam his back to sam pushing their father away. Yeah. And I think that is a really big moment of it becoming us versus him. Yeah, visually. And, yeah, yeah yes. visually. And I just thought and- that was such a well-done scene where he is in the middle. There's no other visuals you mm-hmm. see until he physically f- stands with Sam in front yeah. of Sam to protect him. And then
0: on top of that, he has the line directed at John. where he's like, that means you too. Mm-hmm. Like when when he's like, stop.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And,
0: and both of their faces are like, whoa, when so, he says that.
1: So I do want to um, backtrack a little bit. Sure. Because I want to talk about the vampires. So before, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so before we have this fight that we just talked mm-hmm. about, we, of course, get the scene where they, the vampire lays in the road, kidnaps mm-hmm. the people. The fight with Dean and Sam and John ensue, and but then we get to now some exposition of the vampires...
0: I like that the first introduction of vampires is like the classic hedonist mm-hmm. vampires. Yes. I'm just such a sucker for that. Me too. But like the
2: Lost Boys.
0: Yes. It was mm-hmm. like it was like an updated like instead of like hair metal, like glam mm-hmm. rock stuff, it was yeah. like sort of grunge punk aesthetic going on oh this means we can talk about the clothes now okay i'm obsessed with kate's pleather top with the um with the corset laces in the front that make a peplum waist i was just like i'm losing my mind here and she also has like the silver cross so Uh you know right away that silver crosses nope and she's wearing fucking cowboy boots. Yeah, I just fucking love her. What an icon! The only thing wrong with her outfit were those god awful press on nails. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I
1: very much like that she was like a goth punk from Colorado. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really liked too in the when we first the very first intro we get of their little like enclave is like one of the vampires doing some like really bad dancing, and at first oh I was god. like, they have a vampire stripper. I'm like, stripping stripping has come a long way since 2005 <laughs> but she wasn't a stripper she was just dancing for her own enjoyment so you know vampire yeah. do it yeah do
2: what you want i did like the parallel even though there's very little about that woman um between her and kate because it felt like there's that tendency to obviously hyper sexualize the female and while kate is sexualized she's like has more clothing than a lot Of versions yeah, of female absolutely. vampires yeah and I did appreciate that You know what
1: I didn't like about their fashion though All the fucking grommet belts
2: <gasps> Yes. Shut up I love
0: grommets
1: no. Really that's like all I wore growing up And I don't think I could ever go back
0: No. I wear mine all the time Really I, w- I was so excited When I started seeing them in stores again Are you kidding
1: see I don't mind a grommet Belt unless it's like a grommet Belt like in 2005 where the Belt actually came with the outfit when you <laughs> bought it
0: oh yeah that's a problem Ugh. I mean like a belt belt
1: oh and a lot of them had like that your belt would like hang and it was like the torn oh, cloth God. yeah mm-hmm. that's
0: right Ugh. Yeah, oh god, what a bad time for clothing Oh, absolutely. I did like the one vampire He had like the denim vest In every scene <laughs> yes. His name is um, Dominic Zampronga And he plays Jammer in BSG If any of our listeners like BSG I yes. immediately recognized him yeah. I was like, mm, yeah, he was a pilot on BSG <laughs> His look on, in this Is a lot better obviously Because it's like not the weird Backwards tank top uniforms That they all have to wear on that show but yeah, I just love like the studded vest. Yeah. Like that's such a like a timeless I'm look. Down with I still these wear vampires. mine,
1: so I did want to talk about, um, like, the Gero, Jared Leto vampire. Oh, my gosh. That oh, like comes in. Yeah, Luther. He's like, the leader. I love
0: that whole scene. Like, even with yeah. the sexual assault stuff that happens at the end, mm. like, obviously, it's, gr- like, gross and horrible. But I think just the way that, like, he emphasizes family. Yes. Is just so perfect i thought this, this was episode. probably
1: one of the best parallels that we've had mm-hmm. well they yeah. specifically a line so it's kind of like luther has already learned the lessons that like john still needs mm-hmm. to learn right because he literally says revenge isn't worth it if you end up dead to kate after she steals mm-hmm. the gun yeah
0: I think she says, like, I did it for you, like, for what he did to your family Mm -hmm. or whatever, emphasizing that it's a family death related, like, Mm -hmm. revenge. It's, it's like so similar. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And the vampire family, they seem a lot more functional than the biological family (laughs) mess that we're getting.
0: Yeah.
2: Which is wild. They
0: get along better anyway. Yeah. And I don't know. They seem like they have, like, a pretty good dynamic.
2: (laughs) Yeah, defend each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they do oh uh, another like stupid visual cue here to remind you i think of the first episode maybe i might be reading into it Mm -hmm. too much it might just be because white is white is white (laughs) but you know they have the woman Mm. and she's wearing the white shirt Mm -hmm. and then she's turned into a vampire and then the white shirt is covered up like she's wearing like a jacket yeah Mm completely obscuring it and you know the the loss of innocence mm-hmm. going on very yeah. classic vampire stuff
1: i do like that she looks like she was a vampire before she even got turned <laughs> oh my they god have a she looks like
0: the classic like <laughs> yeah human girl vampire groupie l- main character of mm-hmm. like any ya vampire romance yes. including twilight <laughs>
1: So we had started to talk about this a little bit, but okay. after this vampire scene, that's when we have like the big fight between
0: mm-hmm.
1: Sam and John.
0: Yeah. Did you want to talk about the fight itself and not just Dean in
1: it? Yes. They're literally arguing about like the lack of information and what infuriated me so much. I read it, wrote it in all caps is that the fight is about not telling what this gun does. And John is so adamant about not telling. But then they show yeah. up to fight like yeah. th- deal with the vampires during daytime. And then John immediately tells them no reservations like it just felt like he is purposely withholding things Mm -hmm. just to be a little butthole
2: yeah i thought it was to manipulate to be well it is
1: to manipulate yeah
2: like i couldn't give you the time then but now that i might die now i'm gonna let you know so you feel even worse I did oh. look up the Colt and try to find if there's any legends around it because you all know about the Winchester House, correct? Yeah. <laughs> but so there's all that stuff with a Winchester. Samuel Colt, the guy who like created the Colt brand of guns. Yeah. He was very rich. He was known for early use of the assembly lines. He used product placement in paintings to become rich. In the first 25 years, he made 400,000 guns. There's 25 years of production, and things like the Mexican-American War helps to continue his livelihood. Two quick things about him because he was kind of a douchebag. Mm -hmm. In the church built to honor his three lost kids that his wife created, there were even gun and gunsmithing tools built into the marbling. Oh, because of course. And then a quote from him. I think this it goes well with John Winchester. The good people of the world are very far from being satisfied with each other, and my arms are the best peacemakers. I fucking hate him. I hate him. Gross. So while there's no legend, I did want to shout out to just another asshole American male. Perfect.
0: Keeping in line with tradition here.
2: Exactly. I'm sure him and John would be buddies.
1: So after he kind of tells them about, like, the point of this mission is to get the gun... I really like with the vampires in this episode how like they have their own rules for being vampires but they don't subvert it so much like it doesn't Mm. not feel like a classic vampire and it's almost kind of fun to see the difference like I really like when they walk in and they're all sleeping in hammocks I don't know why I found that so funny just a bunch of little vampires swinging in their hammocks.
0: Right, it reminds me again of the Lost Boys. Yeah. For anyone who hasn't seen that, they're they're more like bats mm-hmm. in the Lost Boys, and they hang like bats yes. um, to sleep during the day. They don't do the coffin deal.
2: So, them hanging in the mm-hmm. hammocks was the like, hammocks,
1: hammock. they, yeah, they, yeah. These vampires felt like pretty inspired by the Lost Boys.
2: Since we're talking about subverting the norms, do you want me to go over the history a little? Yeah, yeah, let's,
1: let's talk do about
0: the norms
2: of the, norms. the lore. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So vampires, like many other le- legends like werewolves, it's from all over the place. There's always the stories of like Vlad the Impaler being heavily influenced uh, for it. But I'm not going to go too much into the background because I think the adaptations are the more important or interesting parts. It could have come around from the plague when mouths would have bloody lesions and pulled back gums. And they needed a blame for the plague. Uh, They didn't understand science so well, so that was an easy way to do it. Um, It also could be partly due to rabies or porphyria which you can relieve by injecting blood into your veins and it causes sensitivity to life. But there's not really firm characteristics because it really depends on adaptations and legends depending on where you are. For instance, getting rid of them can be things like iron decapitation rock in the skull after you kill them traditionally you put a rock in the skull so they can't further bite anyone oh in the mouth yes yes okay i was like
0: but it like sticks I th- out because you said <laughs> skull i was thinking like they bust open
2: like the, Brain. the oh no no yeah um, you can bury them upside down so that they'll keep digging downwards oh. since they're still alive. Rods or iron in the chest. Salts. Yeah, that's the one that, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think a lot of people are familiar with. Yeah, mm-hmm. and salts over like storeways and windows to yeah. protect
0: yourself. Which also, is interesting because in in this, they yeah. specifically are not bothered by
2: salt on the windows or doors. Yes. yes, I love what they're not bothered by in this. And then one thing I found so interesting, garlic has sulfur in it. Yeah. And it also is bad for porphyria. Oh. So that might be part of where the garlic part comes from. Huh. But my favorite part of all of this, I want to talk about Carmilla, which have you both read yes. East mm. It's by Sheridan Le Fanu, who is Irish. It was written in 1872. It never directly says homosexuality is <laughs> antagonistic, but it's heavily implied in this right. text. It follows the story of a doctor and it's the first occult detective in literature. Really? Yeah, which I'm fascinated by. And she preys on young women. Um, Dracula was heavily influenced by this. Yeah,
0: with some fun Mm -hmm. um, xenophobia and
2: um, anti Semitism sprinkled in there. And in this, you stake them through the heart. That's where the staking comes from. It is from this story. But staking is also from in rural areas where they didn't have coffins or money to, like, make coffins, they would stake a body to the ground inside of the grave so that I couldn't rise up, like, with the earth. Oh. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. I didn't know that. And with you talking about xenophobia, that's perfect because I looked at, like, some of the allegories and what these Mm. meant. Carmilla, obviously, the homosexuality, the corruption of women, Loss of innocence, Um, yada, yada. Yes. Yeah, and I
1: think, like, sexual deviance as a whole, too. Yes.
2: Which, for some reason, they used to consider homosexuality part of that, which...
0: Well, I mean, back then, mm-hmm. homosexuality wasn't a concept either. Yeah, like, literally straight people invented it, so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, Dracula, anti-Semitism, anti-other, um, fear of archaic practices, which really just are people who do things differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, some of these have the fear of the rich, which I, I love that part of it. Well,
1: that can tie into the anti-Semitism, too. Cause, yeah. like yeah. Well, yeah. I'm
2: thinking, like, also, though, like,
0: Dynasty, mm-hmm. um, yes. because that's mm. something, like, that's heavily featured in, like, Anne Rice Vampires, mm-hmm. and even in Twilight. It's just, like, yeah. they accumulated wealth from
2: literally not
0: ever dying. Yes.
2: Yeah. Medieval, we talked about plague, also the idea of witchcraft and connection with Satan, so that was more so the fear then throughout history it's been blood illness diseases punishment those are things we've dealt with in all times there are lots of good articles about representation of um, fear of aids in the late 1900s some of the vampire works then yeah and then finally we have modern works like twilight which kind of uses it for white supremacist fear. yeah where it's the good monster it's whiteness versus these other old more archaic evil quote-unquote creatures yeah um and each one like there are so many fascinating arguments to be made for each different piece of literature and the time period but the main point is like vampires mean something more yeah there is some greater fear we have and they're a really good reflection i know monsters in general are but vampires especially are a great reflection of our fear of other humans yeah
0: yeah i think so it's similar to ghosts in that yes. way
1: yeah yeah it was actually really fun to see a new because like we've gotten so many ghosts and spirits it was good to see like another medium used mm-hmm. as yeah like i allegory. was so excited to get Finally. to this
0: episode yeah. for you i know you've been craving like a monster monster. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: And one last episode, you sadly said, I think it's another demon. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: Since we were talking about Carmilla, do mm-hmm. we want to talk about their really horrible depiction of lesbianism uh, here? Yeah. It's like, on the one hand, it's like the slutty bisexual mm-hmm. thing, which fucking is It's just so so gross and stupid. But then on top of that, it's, like, the sexual assault of, yeah, yeah, it's it's the woman-on-woman sexual assault that really, like, fucking pisses me off like more than anything because it's the first homosexual kiss Mm -hmm. in fact I don't think there are more than like a handful in the entire series Mm -hmm. and you know the fact that it's not consensual is just like it it really feeds into the stereotype of sapphics Mm -hmm. as predators and because of the fact that she's also a predator monster in this they like double down on it yeah so fuck you writers (laughs) for this episode
2: and literally Catherine and john fuck you fuck you literally the lesbian kiss turns her into a monster yeah we can't get past that horrendous statement yeah
0: and the fact that they they talk about vampires mating for life or whatever and they Mm -hmm. don't get into that a lot but i assume implicit in like that structure is the siring and yeah. given the way the two women, Kate and the nameless other mm-hmm. vampire, who she sexually assaulted, leave together, it, you know, you get the sense that they're together for life now. So mm-hmm. now that she has experienced homosexuality as, you know, a form of monstering, she cannot go back and mm-hmm. she is stuck being a scary gay forever yeah, outside of society. I don't
1: know if you all heard me, but when that scene happened, I was like, oh, so we're going there now. <laughs> yeah but like not only that but then like they had almost like almost like what felt like a pure relationship with luther and kate Mm -hmm. in like a juxtaposition which i found very icky as well so it's like different when it's like the man and woman and then it's very predatory when it's like woman and woman i
0: see what you mean yeah 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 yeah. because there's this like an established intimacy Mm -hmm. and they have an emotional connection and and the interaction between um, Kate and their and her victim mm-hmm.
2: is purely physical. Yes. This is what people think the gay agenda is, which is turning others gay, but really it's just to exist and
0: like. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you say that because I took that fucking you quiz the other day. That was like, what <laughs> harmful um, like queer stereotype that straight people always write are you? And it was like, you're the one who is like always having crushes on straight people and I'm like, ew, fucking disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like, no thanks. Like, no, straight girls, get away from me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the furthest thing from my brain. Ew. I want to talk about how they kind of mirror that scene with Dean later, too. Mm.
1: Yeah, they absolutely do. Because it's
0: like the
2: way she holds
0: his face is really, really similar. Oh,
2: I thought you meant as Dean as the Predator. And I'm like, what did you watch? No,
0: no, 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 no. No. It's him being like a damsel. Yeah, (laughs) always. (laughs) Right. But in contrast to... And this is what I think makes this scene just as harmful, but in a Mm -hmm. different way, in contrast to when Kate assaults the woman that they kidnapped. Um, when she does it to Dean, it's, it's kind of played off like a joke. Yes. Mm. Like all the dialogue around it is like Mm -hmm. really quippy. And I feel like that just feeds so much into this sort of like, oh, men can't get sexually assaulted kind of narrative. And like, he's obviously uncomfortable, you know?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So I don't like, it just really pisses me off. They, they like really did the most to make me mad this episode it's you know it's actually
1: really funny you bring that up because with this show i've realized a lot and not only this show i've like also been re-watching older movies that i haven't seen in a long time from like my childhood and it really shows like as a when i was a younger person like i didn't necessarily know all of these tropes i was constantly being exposed to because mm-hmm. yeah. like when i was watching this episode i was like that scene in particular felt like all too familiar, which was so yeah. crazy to think about.
2: Yeah. And it's still happening. Like, I was watching a TV show the other day that it's new and has a 90%, over 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's called, like, Teenage Bounty Hunters or something, Gum. Oh, yeah. It starts with a scene where a man is sexually assaulted by a woman, what I would consider at least gray area. So, and and that's something that people don't question because we're fed it so many times. Yeah, I wish we could say after these, like, what, almost 20 years (laughs) since this show we've grown as a society. Some ways, but not this one, sadly. The cult itself. Yeah. Did you notice what it says on it?
0: I was going to ask you.
2: Oh, good. I was sure that
0: you checked.
2: (laughs) That's always, like, my favorite stuff. It says, "Non Mala," which means I will fear no evil. Oh. I think that's a super cool detail yeah i like that i like that don't have more to say what i thought it was it's interesting a, it's a
0: lot more interesting than like the like really bad carved pentagram
1: yes yes
0: like bitch you couldn't get like a wood burning tool for that crap mm-hmm. i don't know
1: i actually am ready to talk about the next scene which is a super infuriating scene to me which is where now after they've left john narrowly escaped and they're all reconvening in the hotel room Dean gets sent off to get the dead man's blood and it's we're left yeah. with Sam and John. And, you know, that's when they finally get to talk. You know, Sam is all teary eyed. John is like, that. you know, we're so different. Sam's like, you know, we're actually not. And then that's when and this feels people who have been like victims of abuse. Mm-hmm. This all feels all too familiar. The whole story about the savings account like, mm. you know, when you were born, I had set up the savings account for you. $100 so a hundred dollars So
0: manipulative. It's
1: so manipulative. I was infuriated. I was like, I don't think I've hated, I've always hated John since watching mm-hmm. this, but I think this was the scene I hated him most. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And the way he's so flippant and unapologetic yeah. about how he spent it. And think about the amount of money that was. Okay. Yeah. So if it's a hundred dollars a month for Dean mm-hmm. for four years... That's twelve hundred times four. And then six hundred dollars so like for Sam.
1: Fifty, four hundred dollars, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a
0: lot of money. How do you spend all of that mm-hmm. that way? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Silver? And the
1: other thing that infuriated me about that was then Sam had to ask him how he spent <laughs> yeah. it. He wasn't gonna tell him. Yeah. He was gonna be like, This you know, this money I saved it for you, all this like work I did. Which mm-hmm. he blew on himself in right. his own vendetta. Like,
0: The amount of times they could have had, like, real food instead of, like, days on end of SpaghettiOs or Mm -hmm.
2: whatever.
0: There are a lot of things about that scene that I really don't like. The way he tricks you into thinking that he's, like, contrite at first. You know, he starts off and he's like, you know, I'm so so messed up. At some point I stopped being your father. I was just your drill sergeant, yada yada. Mm -hmm. He's just like, you know, he never says I'm sorry. Yeah. Never. Never. And then he's like, I just couldn't take it that we're not similar. And then that's when Sam is like, actually, we're very similar. But the reason they're similar is because of this intense shared trauma of the Mm -hmm. murder of Mary and then Jessica's murder as well. And in that moment, John's face goes soft, like a endeared kind of soft, like, oh, yeah, we are similar. No, fuck you, dude. You're supposed to be like i'm so sorry like Mm i that is not the way i want us to be similar it's just so completely inappropriate and you know something before that that really bothers me too is the way he's so dismissive of sam being worried about dean and i think it just really speaks to Mm -hmm. his attitude towards dean the whole episode where he's like whatever he can handle himself like even with the thing with the machete like in a previous scene where Mm -hmm. dean was like hey do you need one and he's like no
1: like, why like, would you just, even like, ask? fucking yeah.
2: petty mm-hmm. piece of shit. Oh, and to see the dad's bougie-ass truck that, like... Oh, my God,
0: yeah. The, the
2: equipment opens itself. It's, like... The hydraulic. Yeah, the Christian symbol is, like, engraved in. It's so fucking nice.
1: Yeah, and, like, I he wouldn't him. set up his own kids like that. No. He's making them, like, the bare minimum, figure it out themselves. Like, Sam's, like, fucking 22.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. As we just discussed, he is practically a baby
1: mm-hmm.
0: Ugh. um in that barn scene too since we're on this john mm-hmm. hate train john beelines to go look for the cult yes while sam and dean are like trying to actually save people Yeah. and i'm just like if that ain't just the whole thing mm-hmm. with him you know
1: especially like we talk about like storytelling if they were first like he was like okay i'm gonna beeline you go rescue yeah. people it would have been fine but
0: they didn't they didn't establish show that, that. no mm-hmm. and so. he went off ahead of them like without comment mm-hmm. too he just like later and i think that's an intentional move mm-hmm. to show how sam and dean operate as a unit and he's just trying mm-hmm. to be john winchester you know rogue
1: and honestly, I think that's why he's so authoritarian with them. Mm-hmm. It's not because, like, he's looking out for their safety. Like, he doesn't want them to get in the way of him doing mm-hmm. what he wants to do. Yeah. It's really frustrating. And, God, the next scene after this was so good where he finally gets to see Dean stand up to him mm-hmm. for the first time ever.
0: Yeah i love that and i love both of like sam and john's faces in that moment too mm-hmm. i think sam being repeatedly surprised at dean is mm-hmm. so like i just just love it i don't know i i love the the growth the growth yeah mm-hmm.
1: well and two like obviously i'm not a psych. So I don't want to just diagnose a random character as a narcissist. But if John is like a narcissist.
0: (laughs) Allie's like, (laughs) I'm an expert.
1: Well, the thing is, is like giving a narcissist power Mm -hmm. is not how you deal with a narcissist. And Dean has unfortunately through abuse done that like he's given yeah. full power to john so he's, like
0: he enables it yeah yeah mm-hmm. like
1: taking that power away and standing up for himself was really the only way to honestly have any type of relationship with john or else he's mm-hmm. just gonna use and abuse yeah
0: i love all the the accusations in that moment yes it's like well you apparently aren't that worried about us because mm-hmm. you send off send us off on all these things like by ourselves and like you know even earlier in the episode he sent mm-hmm. dean off by himself to get the dead man's blood and yeah i love him just being like that's a bunch of crap yeah,
2: yeah. and i think it's really important like we think that he comes around at the end and he's like oh you didn't listen but you did something good that's not true because in this scene he says like oh i don't expect to make it out I see that as pure manipulation. Because first of all, if he doesn't expect to make it out, why the fuck does he need the cult then? There is no point to him going in there to die he knows the boys are going to break it save his ass but then he can still hold it against them by saying well you didn't listen but it turned out okay so to me that's just he right. hasn't changed it's just it he played it so works in his favor and now he looks like the good guy and that's why i will not refrain from calling him a narcissist yes.
0: And I think there's also too, like the only reason that he concedes is because Sam and Dean are teaming up on him.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like it's the fact that Dean is like, no, actually you're wrong. That he's like, yes, that's what makes him have to go along with it
2: yeah and if you aren't someone who has much experience with people who are narcissistic um the whole thing isn't about necessarily power it's about power in the sense that they don't want to be seen as wrong or lesser it comes from fear and so um it it can be done in a way where it's not always like yelling at someone it's done in a way that's just intentional so that they come out on top always yes
0: also, my heart just hurts so much for Dean during that that final disagreement, mm-hmm. where he's like, "Well, we saved your ass, yes. or whatever." Because right after that, he's like so tense, and there's mm-hmm. like th- like a gulp, and yeah, like, the gulp, like he's waiting to get hit is basically what it looked like to me, like the the body tension. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not s- something they really talked about, but I think it happened. But Jordan,
2: when you talk about storytelling. And then they have yeah. that gulp. Yeah.
1: And I will say, too, like, not only Jensen Ackles, but also Jared Padalecki in this episode, like, they're acting in between really the lines. Good. Mm-hmm. So good. Like, they're always creating narrative mm-hmm. in this episode through, like, the silent moments. Yeah.
0: yeah. Ugh, the little quiet I am. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's like, but you're right. Ugh, my son. Yes. <laughs> oh, I hate John so much. Mm hmm.
1: I think after this scene is when we get the John goes off on his own and we're getting like the trade off. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I'm really interested in that scene in the way that it potentially parallels Mary's death and John's revenge fixation and Luther's like absolute dedication to getting Kate back because I do think that Kate and Luther's dynamic is meant to like we're meant to think about a marriage and the only other marriage that we're presented with in this narrative consistently is the, the marriage of John and Mary that is now over because of her death. Yeah. And I just can I keep thinking of like this scene earlier where he's like, well, you know, revenge isn't going to get you anywhere if you're dead Yes. Mm-hmm. and goes out to get Kate back and then ends up dead because he is going to kill John for mm-hmm. doing it. And yes. And I like, a good moment yeah that scene just uh like like what it's trying to say about Mm -hmm. the potential future or like whatever i don't know it's just very
1: uh. So i have a lot to say about this scene the first is you had made some parallels to um john kind of being paralleled with god throughout Mm -hmm. this series yeah and this moment he literally plays god because luther says the line we deserve to live too yeah. And John says, No, you don't, and shoots him. Like, he literally, in that moment, is like playing God. Like, he is yeah. the decider of no, you as a vampire are not allowed to yeah, be alive.
0: He's, he's literally meeting out life and death. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out because I don't really have any idea within the context of the episode what that really means. Sure. But um, the parallel between like Kate and Mary, I do see that parallel and like the marriage, but I also see the vampires as a familial unit and then mm-hmm. John, mm-hmm. Sam, and Dean. Oh, yeah, for as a sure. I definitely unit.
0: think that that's operating throughout the episode. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's
1: kind of like how john is like trying to separate himself from the family and he thinks that's gonna make him stronger the vampires are kind of doing the opposite yeah Mm -hmm. like it's they want their bonds to be close they want to be together yeah
0: and it's only when they divide themselves up Mm -hmm. at the end that they become more vulnerable
1: which kind of then parallels and the we're better as a family line after this Mm -hmm. yeah i thought that was like that scene was like such a good scene
2: Excellently mm-hmm. done.
1: and it was also like i think the second time we saw john actually being a hunter and like he's kind of been built up as this legendary hunter and then he mm-hmm. like really bumbles it there Yeah. the only time we see it
0: But i think that was necessary yes like like i understand like it's stupid but I, like mm-hmm. it was narratively necessary so that he could get his ass saved yes, yes. I, like why the fuck you think your dumb ass by yourself <laughs> could deal with like fucking eight vampires yeah. or whatever
1: well yeah well since like the wendigo are in the episode where dean fights the Rawhead, we haven't got a lot of like actual physical creatures mm. like it's mostly been like spirits and like mm-hmm. spirits and stuff have rules but these are like four or five people stronger than people against one person like it just seems really dumb to me
0: oh oh so you're talking about yeah they have the ability to make choices and stratagems and yeah. do all kinds of crazy shit yeah, yeah. The, versus ghosts which are predictable I yes. see what you're saying yeah I was like a little lost um, on that yeah 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 yeah. totally no it's fucking stupid Yeah. but I'm okay with it because I understand why it's a thing
2: yeah and I'm okay with it because I think John knew they'd come after him anyway and just played it I you don't, don't have to take it that way. That's how I take it. I
0: think he was really confident that they would listen because they like especially Dean like they they listen usually. But I I do want to note that, once again, he just tells them to, like, leave town, and Mm -hmm. he has no thought about the people who are still Mm -hmm. captive in the barn. Yeah. Like, at all. And I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? And, like, his his reputation for being an asshole, I think, like, even outside of the family dynamic, Mm -hmm. it just amps up a lot here
1: yeah especially like these vampires have been shown to like kill and torture people yeah. and once he gets the gun he's totally fine just letting them leave yeah and, like i don't know
2: i also think this is the first episode where there is no argument that john is not an asshole so i do like that this is so stead- set in stone that if yeah. you think he is not abusive yeah in this yeah oh we have some conversations right
0: are you guys ready for the fan fiction yes please mm-hmm. Okay. So originally what I had selected for this week's fic was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer supernatural crossover <laughs> one. But I changed my mind okay. at the last second and decided to do a vampire AU. Oh my gosh. Because I just keep seeing people like tweet about it lately mm-hmm. and I'm not personally really interested in AUs, but I do love the whole, like, you know, Victorian Gothic 19th century thing. You know, the Byronic hero and Mm -hmm. the big Gothic castles and the fog and the and like this one has that going on. It's got that vibe. It's got that vibe. I, I liked the summary. So it's called of Winds and Moons. It's actually still ongoing. It's mm. been going since 2015 and wow. the last update was at the end of January. Mm.
2: Wow.
0: Uh, yeah, I know, right? It's long. This bitch has eight, almost 82k, which I guess in the grand scheme of things isn't that long. Not too much. I've read I've read like a 1.5 million yeah. one. It's one of my faves. So anyway, but still, it's still a lot. It's by, I think I'm saying this right, Rayra Claylin and the Dangerous Ginger. So it's a collab (laughs) work. Summary. The Winchester bloodline is everything they say it is. Pure, secret, and powerful. They haven't been heard from in many years, but they've always been there, lurking in the shadows and quietly ruling over their territories. When the eldest, Dean, emerges (laughs) from his hermit life, he's (laughs) underwhelmed by the state of human development me too buddy to him they were still petty and nowhere near ready for all ooh rhyme for all of them to acknowledge the presence of the things that go bump in the night that is until he meets a bright-eyed human named castiel this is a long fucking summary okay summary part two (laughs) over here castiel loathed vampires with every fiber of his being Why? At the tender age of eight, his entire family was slaughtered by a pack of them while he played in the blackberry thickets. (laughs) His absolute worst nightmare would be to be turned into one. He'd honestly rather die. So when he wakes up from a near fatal heart attack, newly turned, he's furious Though the tension between he and his new sire is high, they'll soon be forced to work together to save the rest of the human race from an evil neither of them have ever seen before. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, that I sounds fun. That's I song. know! I'm so, like, I'm, like, you know, being goofy or whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, if this weren't, like, a Dean Cast fic, I would probably want to read it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so- I just, I'm just weird about AUs. I'm sure it's fine.
1: Also, young human AU castiel, watch your blood pressure, cause yeah, the heart attack at that age probably
2: concerning. <laughs> right? Like, what the <laughs> fuck happened there? All right, oh, you guys
0: want to hear the tags on this one? Oh, sure. yes,
1: please.
0: I'll start with relationships. There's Dean, Cass, obviously. This is a mm-hmm. Sam, Jess one. Mm. Some oh. people will be excited to hear. Jess is very well loved mm. on Sam, stand like, Twitter. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> she was good for what she was there for.
0: Um, So the characters are Sam, Dean, Cass, Jess. There's Bobby, Ellen, Joe, also mm-hmm. Hannah and Balthazar and Benny additional tags are au vampire slow burn dreams and nightmares panic attacks past character death past alcohol abuse self-hate blood and gore dark themes past violence fluff banter hurt comfort of course of course angst with a happy ending true mates and virgin castiel because it's a vampire fix so of course of course there's a virgin
1: that loss of innocence baby
0: yeah that's what i'm saying that's what like it's that. all about mm-hmm.
1: glad we didn't go crossover because the last one was a uh, harry potter in preg so
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah to it just wasn't own. it just wasn't that interesting when i read over the summary again so i was like mm, whatever
2: do we want to go through and read it yeah let's read the episode
1: I'm going to give it, I actually, except for like, obviously the gross sexually Mm -hmm. explosive stuff. I actually really enjoyed this episode. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it a 4.5 socket to your dad.
2: (laughs) I love that. I also think 4.5. I have to take off a half point because of the issue with consent. But I think overall it is a great episode. Narratively, it's it's really good and really fits who the characters are. So I will give it 4 out of 5 dramatic skylight entrances. Ooh.
0: Ooh. I'm going to give it 4 out of 5 big silver crosses. Mm. Big ineffective silver crosses. Yeah, I I think, like, this is a really, really well-crafted episode. Like, the final result of all of the effort of everyone who worked on it is really good. I just, the gratuitous amounts of sexual assault Mm -hmm. and, you know, homophobia and misogyny here, just, like, all packed in together was really a lot for me to handle, it just makes me, I'm like still seething a little bit. Although mm-hmm. I will say, I was very wound up about something else in my day <laughs> before we started
2: this. So, Jordan, what do you think will happen next?
1: Oh, well, I think this time it's kind of obvious for once. Mm. It's time to go f- get the big bad, shoot him with Mr. Gun.
2: Mr. Gun. Mr. <laughs> Gun.
0: <laughs> you crack me up. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural@gmail.com at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Salvation, Iowa. Bye. Bye. Bye.